Hey everyone, it's Rob Lullisher. Welcome to the Top Cheddar Podcast. Uh, great day today. Great day, eh, Mooner? Oh, it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful day. We just had a uh, great chat with an, an old, old coach for us. Coached us in yep. Saskatoon, Saskatoon Blades. Um, a warhorse from the WHA NHL days. Uh, I looked it up, played 999 regular season games. I tell you, there's not many uh, who, who hit that mark. Uh, Terry Ruskowski was our guest. Uh, um, Mooner, what, awesome. what stood out for you from, uh, from this podcast? Well, I, I enjoyed hearing his stories from the WHA. I uh, enjoyed reminiscing about our time in Saskatoon and uh, him getting into the coaching. He's a coach for a very long time. He started with us right out of yeah. pro in 89 and was coaching right up to 2017. So that's, that's a pretty good haul. Good, good run. Good run. Yeah. He, he got hired when we were there. He got fired when we were there. And we talked about that a bit is, uh, you know, getting drafted by two leagues, which, you know, how many can say that happened and, uh, what led him to Houston, you know, a little old hockey player named, uh, Gordy Howe, uh, and his sons oh. playing there. And, uh, yeah, Terry sharing those stories with playing with Gordy Howe. Gosh, he played with Mario Lemieux in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, he, he had some pretty good teammates uh, over, over the years, Marcel Dion and Bernie Nichols in L.A. And, uh, yeah, he had some good stories, in, uh, including ZZ Top. So, like, how, oh. how many podcasts do we have, Mooner, where uh, ZZ Top's on the, on the roster? ZZ Top makes an appearance on the podcast, <laughs> yes. And, and also a ZZ Top story as it relates to one of my personal – greatest regrets in life it involves zz top so you got to listen to this podcast folks uh but before you do we got to thank our sponsor mooner tell us about our sponsor oh twig and berries twig and berries guys they've got men's apparel they've they've got the nutsack underwear like i'm wearing a pair right now mooner they they keep Everything in place and quite comfortably, I might add to that. How about that? Yeah, they got the the hoodies, ball caps, all kinds of good stuff. So if you haven't folks, uh, twigandberries.ca. And and as a thank you for listening to our podcast and supporting them, be sure to use the code TOPCHEDDER. It will get you uh, 15% off your entire purchase uh, at twigandberries.ca. So go check them out for sure. Okay, Mooner, our old coach, Roscoe. Yeah, what a beauty. What a beauty. Enjoy, folks. Here we go. Welcome, Terry Roskowski. Long, long time since we've seen you, my friend. How are you? I'm doing good, Rob. I'm doing fine. It's so nice to see you. It has been a long time, hasn't it? We, uh, I don't want to date any of us, but uh, yeah. I think it's thing. It's been about 30 years, and and uh, Mooner and I were pretty pumped yep. when we we <laughs> talked about let's let's get Roscoe on like the stories he's going to be able to share with us. Oh, boy. Um, you know, really really happy you could make some time for us to join us on the Top Chitter Podcast. Uh, yeah, it's my pleasure, Rob. Um, Thank you. Nice to see my boys again. Like yep. I said, before, I say to everybody, I said once my boy, always my boys. Okay, we're we're in, we're in the boys, boys category. Nice. Boys. We're in the boys. Still my right, boys. Right, right on. Well, I, I know uh, Mooner's got a long list of uh, uh, hockey questions for you, mostly because, man, what a what a career you enjoyed. And and uh, I'm sure we're going to zig and zag on a few different topics here. So, Mooner, take us away, buddy. 
Yeah, I've, and I've got a lot. And you know what? I want to ask one before you even got to pro. Terry went and played three years in the WHL. You're with the Swift Current Broncos, uh, a big part of the Swift Current Bronco team with some real, like you look at the guys you played with there, right? You know, Brian Trotche and Tiger Williams and Ron DeLorme. And it, what was it like for you to, uh, to play those three years with the Broncos? Well, it was a thrill, first of all, because I never knew anybody was actually watching me play when I was younger because I was up in Prince Albert way up north and I didn't know anybody was watching me play at all. And once I got a call, they said that, uh, and this is the old time days where they called you and said, we're putting you on our list. We didn't draft anybody. They say, you're putting yeah. me on the list. So I got a call someday. It was, you know, it, I was on a farm. So it's two longs and one short. That means I, it's for me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, two long and one short. I like it. Two and one short. And that's, that's the Ruskowski residence. So I asked the phone and, uh, the, and I thought it was a prank call, tell you the truth. And they said, uh, well, we're the Swift Current Broncos and um, we just put you on our list. For the to be on our team in, in Swift Current in a couple of years. I was a young guy. I was think it was 13 or 14, 14 years old, 14 yeah. or 15, yeah. 14. And I said, you got to be kidding me. He said, no, it's serious. And we talked for a while and I go, God, this is unbelievable. So that really motivated me even more to be more, uh, you know, working hard and, and, mm-hmm. and um, getting my skills a little bit polished up and getting them ready to, to go. And I, I went down as a 15 year old to the, to the camp and I uh, didn't make it. And it crushed me because I, I always made the teams I was going to be on. Not first line, mind you, but I made the team. Yep. And they sent me to Humboldt. And I played for Humboldt for one year. It's probably the best decision they ever made for me anyways, because I went down there and I played a lot at a great community. And my heart grieves for that community when yep. they had the bus incident. And I called the mayor and I called everybody else down there, told them I, uh, that uh, I was thinking about them and my prayers are with them. But a great community really good community tight community always had a full house old building that we were in and uh played a lot and then next it was so funny because after the year's over we had a party and we sat down and i was talking to the coach and um and i said you know what do you think of my chance of making swift current and, and he was honest with me he says well you're not awfully fast you don't have a great shot and you are aggressive you know you are pretty aggressive and you work hard so i don't know terry it's gonna be a long shot i said really okay so that summer, I worked at a meatpacking plant. And nice. if you've ever been on, if ever been on, a, on a kill floor, that oh. is the worst job. <laughs> Stinks, smelly, yeah. you're always lifting, you're always sweating. It was unbelievable. This is your Rocky moment. <laughs> yeah. Rocky, Rocky training. Exactly. That actually was putting the meat in, in, in the cooler and I was spreading them out. That was my morning job. And um, I really got strong. I, I really got strong lifting. I had to lift the butt end of the pig up and put them on a hook, and they go up oh. like, and then they slide it, slice them open. So I went to camp and I, I made the team, but I was like fourth line. Um, fourth line wasn't good enough, so um, I worked hard. First one on the ice, I worked my butt off during the, during the, during the, uh, practice, and I stayed later. And <laughs> by Christmas time, I was uh, second second first line. So uh, it's where I wanted to be. And in my second year, I was having a really good year. And I, I took a shot off the foot and uh, broke my broke my foot. So I was out for a while, but I really enjoyed it. You know, I think going to a big community like Edmonton or Calgary, it probably was different, but I, it, it humbled. Everybody knew who you were. Everybody supported you. Uh, win, win, lose, or tie. They always seemed to be behind you all the time. And um, you made special friends when I played and I still have them. 
And that was very important for me, just to have that small, small community supporting as much as they did and having friends to this day was, was great. You were in a very unique situation, Terry. When you were done junior, you were drafted into two different leagues, the NHL and at that time the WHA. Chicago took you in the NHL, Houston in the, the World Hockey Association. You chose Houston and you got to play with Gordie Howe and, and that had to be amazing. Uh, tell me what went into the decision of, of going to Houston. Well, back in the day, I wanted to wait to find out. I had earlier found out that I was drafted second pick by Houston. Uh, I I want to see what happens in in um, in the NHL draft. I was obviously I was I was small, five nine, and I probably weighed about a buck fifty five, buck sixty at that time, and I knew I was pretty small playing NHL. But I had a lot of points. I had a lot of points and a lot of penny minutes. Um, so I was going to kind of see what Chicago was going to do. And they drafted me in the end of the third round or top of the fourth round or whatever. Um, and I remember the call, I was, you know, we got us small guys who got to stick together now. Oh, right. Oh, thank you. Yeah, great. Great. So our agent was calling them and talking to them and they were going to invite me to Chicago or Dallas's camp, their farm team invite, yeah. not, not a contract invite. So I said, okay. And I said, what's, what's Houston offering me? And Houston offered me a three-year, no cut, no trade deal. And I go, okay, let me check this one out. Uh, yeah. Houston, I come. So I went to Houston again. It was the good Lord was blessing me because probably the best experience I've ever had in hockey. Um, they didn't know anything about hockey, but they loved watching come out. They come out to watch us play. And it was great. No pressure, no stress. And we always had a really good team. Of course, Gordy and Mark and Marty didn't, uh, didn't hurt a whole lot. Yeah. But um, Bill Deneen, uh, God rest his soul, he's a brilliant, brilliant hockey mind. And what he did is he got rid of the older guys and brought younger guys in. Older guys and brought younger guys in. And a guy named Rich Preston, myself, and a guy named Don Larway, which I played with in Swift Current, we were on, a, we were on the same line in playoffs. Um, he brought us in, to, in, in the office and he said, sit down, boys. He said, okay, this is it. Uh, you're not going to be played very much. You're going to play fourth line. Um, I want you to be out there, be an energy team, energy thing for us, go out there and hit and do whatever you can to score goals. But he said, you are going to be our future. So I want you to sit back. I want you to learn, watch and learn because you are our future. And it, it happened that way. It happened. We didn't play very much. So we went out there and I scrapped a couple times, got a couple goals and mm -hmm. had fun time. And the disco saw me after the game. And uh, it, was, it was it was fun time with back in the disco days. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're just going it up for sure. Um, so that was that was a blessing. So it, it really wasn't a big uh, decision for me because of their offer from Chicago and their offer from Houston. And like I said, I think the good Lord blessed me by uh, letting me go to Houston. And, Any and, standout and, memory, Terry, with uh, Gordie Howe? Oh, man. he The best athlete, Rob, I've ever been around. Like his golf game is tremendous. He's he told me one time he picked out the tennis racket for the first time and his boys played quite a bit. He says, and I beat him. And I said, so I, I knew that to begin with. I know you're going to win everything. Yeah. Uh, but his golfing, I, I golf with him in golf tournaments. And yeah, I saw him seven iron or seven or six iron right in the hole for an Eagle. And it wasn't a big deal for him because he, Al K, Al K, uh, K line. Is it for the, for the <laughs> right team? He was saying that he went to batting practice with Al Kaline and the boys, and he said he was hitting home runs in Tiger Stadium. And I go, again, that doesn't surprise me. 
what a unique man and, and, and yeah. get along with people. Uh, he, he was just a brilliant, brilliant man. He took care of himself. He was a tough guy, he took care of his sons. That family took care of each other. I tell you, somebody cheap shot somebody and he had two guys right down your back. So you're going to meet the whole family right away. Yeah. 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 Here's Mark. And here's my, and by the way, here's his dad. He's going to pr- probably punch you or either cut you with a stick. That's right. So, well, have a nice day. Yeah. So that was it. He was, um, but he's just a great man. He's just a great man. The only one time, like I wanted to hang around as much as I could. Cam. I, I want yeah. anything, anything that fell off. I wanted to catch. Um, yeah. I wanted to be like him so much. One day we we're going through, I think in Utah, Salt Lake city. And a guy came up to him and just shoved a paper and a pen in his face. His sinus. First time I've ever heard Gordy say, you know, go screw, go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he said different words, mind you, but same, same, same meaning. Yeah. And I said, Gordy, and he goes, you know what, Terry? He says, I'll sign anything if they ask me, but don't tell me. Yeah. And I said, yeah. Good point by you, Gordy. Again, yeah. I admire you for saying that, but it was a type, he was a type of guy that when the game was on the line, everybody looked down the bench to Gordy. It's okay, Gordy, either set the goal up or score a goal. Cause we need it. Let's go hurry up. And he goes, sure enough, he go out there and do it. Uh, quick story. He, uh, he had a, a, a cracked heel or something and he, he was going for a record for the most goals ever by a professional athlete and um they made a little cast for him they got an exercise skate put it in foot he put his foot in there so he, he could play well he got a goal in the first period but he was he was holding off a guy and he shot it with one hand and he got the top corner but that was gordy yeah and uh he came back and, and then in the training said, okay gordy you got your goal you got your record let's take the rest of the day off and he goes no no because the game ain't over yet i'll come off when the game is over and he played with the whole game like that. that. That's the kind of guy he was. It was incredible. Well, you, your first year, he was the leading scorer of the team. He was 46 years old. <laughs> That's, That's crazy. The guy was unbelievable. He was incredible. I and mean, he scored goals from every angle. I just, how do you do that? You know, it was he, him and him and Mary Lemieux were just that I played with. They're, they're, they're unconscious when they scored goals. They did, they scored it from everywhere. And I, and I knew that I had a harder shot than both of them, but I couldn't score, but they could, but, that's, that's the way the ball bounces, I guess. But yeah, I remember one time we were playing and we we're uh, waiting for playoffs and we were always in first place, thank God. And uh, we were scrimmaging and I put the puck between his legs and I was thinking, I said, oh, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Second time around, I, was, I wasn't even thinking. He did the same thing. And I was going by, stick caught me just above the eye for about five or six stitches. Oh. <laughs> and uh, trainer came out and uh, put the towel on me and I had, you know, leaning over and I was putting the towel over my face. And he said, whoops, sorry, kid. And then I was walking out, just about to get off. He said, don't ever make me look bad. That's and right. And he slapped, <laughs> me on the button, slapped me on the butt and took off. I said, sorry, Gordy, I'll never happen again. <laughs> you can check me anytime you want. I'll give you the puck. Uh, wow. That's the kind of guy. He's a competitor. Uh, you went to Winnipeg. You played with the Jets the last year of the WHA. That was an Avco Cup championship team. Played Edmonton in the final. Uh, what was that championship team like? Right off the start, Cam, it was horrible. Horrible. Really? It was Winnipeg against Houston, and we we're always a huge rivalry because we we're always in the finals playing against each other for a championship, and we hated each other. Like, we fought in the penalty. I fought a guy in the penalty box. We jumped over where the guy was doing the announcing. We fought right there. I, I had telephone wires around my neck, around my arms. It was crazy. Wow. We hated each other. Were the so fans we in there or just the players? Yeah. And we, we just hate each other. We just didn't like each other yeah. at all. So, and it showed the first part. 
And I tried my hardest to guys to get, we had parties together and different things and meetings together. And I tried my best to get it going and nothing would work. Like go on the road and we'd go, okay, after game, let's go to a different bar and we'll have fun, talk, whatever. And, and we did, but it wasn't, it wasn't until um, we had our coach come in at the, almost the end of the season. And um, God, what was his name? Like, like, I have a good memory, just that's real short. Tom and McVeigh? Tom McVeigh. Yeah. I, I love him. I, he didn't care who you were. Winnipeg, we, our practices, our morning practices was as hard as our everyday practice uh, in, in, an off, in an off day. It, it was unbelievable. It, he, he worked us so hard. But he turned the whole team around. He didn't have favorites. Oh. He worked their butts off, and um, and we turned it. We turned it around. We turned the whole game, the whole, whole season around, and we started playing as a unit, and it uh, really worked out pretty well. Now, uh, I and I don't know this, but I'm I'm just assuming the fact when the WHA merged the four teams into the NHL, guys that were originally drafted by NHL teams had to go back to those NHL teams. Is that why you went to Chicago? You know, I. Here's the time I was probably more flattered than anybody, anything else ever happened. Bobby Orr was, was Chicago and he couldn't play anymore because of his knee. And we we're with Winnipeg, Rich Preston and myself were both, we're both uh, property of, Ed, of Chicago. And he, we went on a road trip, three day, three game road trip. And he, after every game, he met with us and took us out for dinner after every game. And I'm going, are you kidding me? Bobby Orr is taking wow. dinner talk. That's pretty high. That's high rule. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That that's is. Impressive. So uh, the only rule is that they could only protect two, two guys uh, unless they made deals with something else. That's right. So they protected uh, Morris Lukowicz and Scott Campbell. And, and it was good. It, it was a good pick. They, they're good hockey, yeah. young players, young, tough defensemen can move the puck. And of course, Morris Lukowicz was a 50 goal scorer. Um, I, they, they supposedly they had a deal with Bobby Orr and myself, Bobby Hall and myself with Chicago about giving it back. I don't know what the deal was, but Chicago fell through with the deal and I went to Chicago instead. And uh, that's kind of how it went on. But it was amazing how um, Edmonton had to keep all pretty much all their players. And that was pretty impressive how he did it, either, you know, draft choices or, or deals down the road. But they kept their team and it ended up to be pretty good, obviously. After yeah. Because the little squad. Yeah. Yeah. So they did a real good job keeping the core players, but Winnipeg didn't do that. And they suffered for it. You know, the first four or five years, they were just really bad, like really bad teams. Yeah. Of course, they built themselves out to be have a pretty good reputation now, yeah. mind you, but, but back in those days, it was struggling. What tell you, take me to Chicago. It, what was it like playing in that historic building, one of the loudest rinks in the National Hockey League? And the, you had to go upstairs to get to the to the ice surface. I know for the visitors, probably for the home team too. But, right. but what was it like? The dressing room was just an ordinary dressing room with a, mm -hmm. with a little lounge area in the in the back, and it was just an ordinary dressing room. Um, it was phenomenal. It, it, I, one time, especially, I think back and I tell the story. We were in the semifinals against uh, uh, Vancouver. And it was their first game in the semifinals because we first won our first two rounds between Minnesota and yeah. St. Louis. And them. So we went up for our um, pregame warm-up, you know, like in the morning, not in the morning skate, but the pregame warm-up. And we had, I bet you there was 12,000 people and they cheered us all the 15 minutes or the 18 minutes. Wow. Allowed. Yeah. They cheered us. They, like, they didn't stop. They were on their feet cheering. I'm going, you got to be kidding me. Shoot. Yeah, yeah. And, and I went up to coach. I went. Bob Polford was coaching me, and I said, "Pulley, 
start me and don't take me off. I am so pumped up right now. Don't take me off. It was probably the most jam pumped up I've ever been. But that, but the state, and once they played the, the national anthem, they started yelling. Mm-hmm. It was just freaking so emotional. There'll never be another building like the Chicago Stadium. And I, I was hoping and praying they would never tear it down because it was the best stadium in the world. It was the loudest, noisiest. It had 150 coats of red paint on there. Every time I went in there, the people were painting. I got, holy smokes. If that thing ever caught fire, it was all over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she would have gone up quick. Oh, I, God, a puff of smoke. How was, uh, how was your time? You played with the LA Kings. Uh, how was your time in Los Angeles? Uh, that It had to be quite a, a difference for you. Loved it. I loved it. Are you kidding? I loved it. We re- I was going to buy a house there, and we sold our house in Chicago. We went. And they said, by that time, I said, we sold it for 150. And I said, well, look, look for about 170,000, $75,000 house. And the girl, girl looked at me, the, the, uh, <laughs> really, and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want to see it. So she went up to one place, and it was, the weeds were this high. There was, the door was broken. There's no glass in the window. And I said, what are you doing taking me in this place? She goes, there's your $175,000 house. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, you got to be piece kidding. of dirt. So we we rent we actually rented we we leased a house. It was the last last road on, on the mountain overlooking the San Fernando Valley. Like oh, I was yeah. I was a valley boy. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So, but it was a long trip into the rink. That was the bad part. But uh, I loved LA. You know, you uh, we lived just block and a half from two blocks from Michael Jackson. It it, it was. It, were, it, were you hanging out with movie like, stars yeah. all the time, Roscoe? Pardon me. Were you hanging out with movie stars? half the time I was i was tell <laughs> us a movie tell us a movie star yeah, yeah, we story. need a movie star story i um tony danza yeah, the moonwalk with uh michael yeah. jackson tony danza yeah. yeah uh he was on my softball team um and he he gave us a part he i have i had a broken hand in a fight and uh and everybody left on a road trip and he invited me to one of his parties this is before he really made it big but uh, the movie stars, they're there. The before they made it big was just incredible, like incredible. Yeah. And, and got to meet them. Um, I, Greg Sierra, I don't know if you remember Greg Sierra. He was on um, Stanford and Son, the Puerto Rican Mexican neighbor. Yeah, uh, okay. Barney Miller as well. Yes, yes. Yeah, he was on Barney Miller. Huge. <laughs> like, we, were, we were like, <laughs> yeah. we were, we were like this. His name was Chano on Barney yeah. Miller. Yeah, that guy was unbelievable. Yeah, and we were like this. He was in the bottom. Oh. He was in the bottom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But we we used to go out for for lunch. Him and him and his wife and Carol and my my wife and I used to go for lunch. And he used to have Dom Perignon for 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 lunch for you know champagne. Come as on. you do. As he, you wow. he took he took he took seven of, seven of us to Mister Chow's. It's a it's a Chinese place downtown L.A. And it cost him by that this way back when cost him twenty one hundred dollars without a tip. No, let let's 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 get the tip. Nope, it's all on me. He, um, and he went to every game. He was the first first two episodes of Miami Vice. He was the cop, the the mm-hmm. big cop. Well, we were in our playoffs, and he didn't think the show was going to go, so he quit to come back to watch hockey back in LA. <laughs> <laughs> we, we had a um, we had a um, I was supposed to be on radio and TV. We we're doing the, the draft, and they were going to ask me about different players that were mm-hmm. drafted and tell them a little bit about them back in LA. And he drilled me. I was over here, so he drilled me for four hours straight. He had hockey news this thick, guys. Hockey. Wow. He was a hockey fanatic. Hockey fanatic. And um, 
it, all the guys were there. And I got a picture with, uh, um, uh, cheers, Norm. Norm. Oh, yeah. wow. Big, big yeah. He had a white t-shirt on. He says, I could probably write the whole encyclopedia Britannica on this, but thank you. And good luck, Terry. Wow. <laughs> so it, was, it was fantastic. It really was fantastic. I was so lucky and honored to go there. The only thing I didn't, I hated the travel because I, I, am, I was scared. I'm still am scared of flying. I don't like flying. Yeah. And the closest trip was three and a half hours over the Rocky mountains to yeah. Vancouver. So that, that I didn't like. And the other thing is I couldn't afford to live there. Uh, I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't one a high dollar guy, so I I, yeah. I didn't make the big bucks. I couldn't afford to live there, and uh, unfortunately, because I loved it. Traffic sucked. Weather was awesome. It was so much smog it killed all the insects. So we didn't have <laughs> insects around. So that was fun. true. Harry, what was true. your what was your biggest contract? Do you remember during your career? One hundred and seventy eight thousand dollars a year. Hundred seventy-eight thousand. Wow, that was uh, what second. a difference, eh? Like you got, oh. you were a seventy-point man at one point. What would that put you these days? In four or five uh, million yeah. range? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, ish. They, Don't want to rub that in, but <laughs> they, they, yeah, they spill more than I make. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> somebody asked to... me the difference. Somebody asked me the difference between coaching and and playing. I says when I played, I took my check to the bank. Now I cash it with a paper boy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, I think I, Luby liked that quote. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Luby liked that quote a he lot. He squeezed a nickel, didn't he? Holy yeah. Stuff. <laughs> uh, Roscoe, you played uh, in uh, Pittsburgh, and it would have been, you know, the very early part of of Mario Lemieux's career. He's drafted in 84. You were there 85, 86, 86, 87. You must have been, I'm, I'm sure at that time you could tell like this guy's going to be a special player. Um, the reason why I went back to Pittsburgh, I, was, I, I had a year left or had an option year left on my contract in LA. Um, and Eddie Johnston was my coach in, in Chicago that made me captain in Chicago. And he said, I want you to come to Pittsburgh. I want you to, to kind of tutor this kid. And, um, you give me a, a two year, two year and an option. I said, yeah, let's do this. So I went out there. Um, I, I, the kids, the, the kid was unbelievable. Like yeah. talent wise, unbelievable. And a lot of people off the start took him in the wrong, took him in the wrong way. Uh, he didn't understand English too well. And he'd, after a game, I sit next to him and, and he'd say something, and I, and I knew they'd take it the wrong way. I go, no, no, that's not what he meant. He meant this. And he'd go, yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. And he'd point to me. Uh, I was his roommate. I had to make sure he got on the bus right, make sure he got plenty of sleep, and nobody bothered him during the day. Um, but he was a great roommate. He's quiet yeah. guy, quiet guy, yeah. but talented. God, was he talented. Mm -hmm. In Philadelphia one time, he always told me, go to the net, go to the net, Terry, go, Terry, go just to the net. Just have your stick on the ice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You'll get a point. <laughs> stick on the heist. Go to the net. <laughs> the I remember the one time he, the puck went in the corner and uh, it was the one side and, and two defensemen, a guy went after him I, and I, and I went to the net and the puck came out right on my stick. And honestly, I was so surprised. I went on my knees and I shot the puck in the empty net and I, and I couldn't believe that the puck came to me. Like he was, he was incredible. Like with the puck, he's probably probably the best player in the world with the puck I've ever seen. Yeah. And when he get, when he gets mad, oh baby, look, he tell the defenseman, leave that puck, leave that puck, and he cut <laughs> behind the net. And there, I just I'd wind up in the air. I go either I get the rebound, 
or I'd get a deflection or something along that line. Yeah. It's or I, an open net. It's going to happen. So I, I kept on telling the other team, get him pissed off, man. Get him mad. Cause I get more points when he gets mad. <laughs> but uh, there's, there's times where he come off with six, seven points a game. No big deal. Of course I come yeah. off. I come off with three or four and I'd be pretty happy about that too. Yeah. Oh, for sure. One of, yeah. sure one of my better years. One of my better years. Yeah. Terry, you, you think- were, Oh, sorry, Mooner. I was just, no, go, say, go ahead. Lolly. You were captain for four teams. If I'm not mistaken, like Chicago, uh, LA, Pittsburgh, and Houston. Did you earn it each time or was it something that once you got one, it kind of just led to the next and the next. Tell us a bit about that. You know, Lolly, I, it's a great question. I, I guess my style of play was like, I always back my team up. Like if somebody did something wrong with my team and I wasn't a big guy and I wasn't overly tough, but I stick my nose in there and I do what I'd have to do to protect my guys. Uh, when the game was on the line, I try to do the best I can to either stop a goal or to score a goal. I, my work ethic in practice was my work ethic in the game. Uh, but I worked hard all the time. I was very physical and I backed my team up a lot. Um, kind of vocal at times that kind of vocal. I remember the one time when I was in Pittsburgh and uh, we lost in overtime and I was, I was, I was upset. I was the first one off and I just watched everybody come in. Like everybody had that frame of mind. Oh, well, we got a point. And he sat down and that just killed me. I grabbed my skate and it's a big chalkboard, you know, on rollers. And I threw it at that thing as hard as I can. And all of a sudden everybody looked at me and I just went off. I just went off on him. I, I couldn't help it. I went off on him and I remember the coach opened the door from the other rink, from the other side. And he heard me and just, he goes, just closed it really tight to get, he didn't come in the room at all, but I, I freaking blasted him. I blasted every one of them. And, uh, and that's just the way it was. I was a horrible, I was, you know, I, I you probably know that I was a horrible freaking loser, but I was a great winner. I love winning and I hate freaking losing. These guys could probably tell when I coached you. Yeah. That's the part. That's the part. You have I some memories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a few. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's the way I was. I hated losing. And you know what? And, and I still do. I, I, I still coaching 18 year old kids here in McKinney where I live. I'm still the same way. And I go, this is, this has got to stop. Uh, I, I just, I'm so competitive at you know, 200, trying to win all the time, yeah. but that was kind of it. And I, I don't know if that was the reason that they did it to me. I don't know. So do you think yeah, that was the... Ask the guys that give me, the, you'd have to ask the guys that actually yeah. give me the capacity to find out really why I was, but it was an honor. It was yeah. a lot more work, you know, because you there's times where there's a guy that's not performing and you, you take him off for lunch and say, you know, what's going on? You know, I know that you can do better than that. What's going on? And they usually tell me they have marriage problems or family back home or having yeah. problems or they're financially pro. So, you know, we try to rectify that to get them back on track. So in every Halloween, we had to throw a party Christmas. We had to throw a party for everybody to make sure everybody's together and, and being a good team. Um, it was a lot of work behind it. So it wasn't just right, right. captain going out there and having the, the, the C on you, but um, having that also. Cool. You, you played your last two years in Minnesota. Terry, was it at that point or was it before that? I, I don't know. At what point were you like, I, I think I want to get into the, the coaching. Like when, when did that start to seep in? Was it near the end there or was that, had that seed been set earlier? Good. A great question again. I'll be perfectly honest with you. When I was, when I was playing junior hockey, um, a guy asked me for the meatpacking plant to play. Mm-hmm. He had a, he had a nephew that had a, had a, had a baseball team, a Sandlot baseball team, but had no coach and they were 0 and four. He said, do you mind helping me out? And I said, 
sure I'll help you got nothing else to do. So we practiced and practiced and practiced and we won the opening day tournament uh, that year. And that meant we played in Canada here in the States is state. It's, it, you know, play for the state and Canada was for the provinces. Yep. And we played against like Alberta and, uh, and Manitoba. We played against those teams. Um, and that kind of, I, that kind of gave me the bug mooner. I just like, going, yeah. wow, this is so self, this is so rewarding to see these kids do so well after you teach them. So it was always in the back of my mind. And, and I it, probably in Los Angeles, I started, really kind of focusing on what the coaches were saying and doing and what, why they were doing it. And the, the reasoning why that, that, that they'd have come off the turn off the plane and then, or, and then have practice right away. Um, I was kind of structuring that. And, and um, her Brooks was my last coach 